0: Welcome to another vital message from Pastor Ron Hammonds Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. You ready for the word? Well, tonight, let me tell you that, that The first time that I preached this message, because I'm double-dipping here, if you are 30 years old today, then you were 9 years old the first time I preached this message here in this church. Okay? The last time I preached this message, if you are 30 years old now, the last time that I preached this message, you were um, 15 years old. Okay. So it's, it's been that long since I've had a chance to share this particular subject in this particular uh, chapter and, and uh, uh, passage. And so I think it's due, right? Because we're going to begin this year, 2024, on Wednesday evenings with a study of the miraculous. Miraculous a study of the miraculous and our first lesson we're going to follow along just like we did on the notes in 2002 in january of 2002 that's how we started out 2002 uh some 21 years is is that right Uh, 21 22 years ago now wow Uh, so you were only eight years old uh if, if, if you're 30 years old today so i think you need to hear it again and then also in January of 2008, today the Lord began to lead me on, 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 uh, on an adventure, prayerfully considering what is it, Lord, that you would, would have us to add to our, our arsenal, add to our armor, add to our quiver, What is it, Lord, that you would add to our lives? How can, Lord, you make us better stewards of the gospel of grace? Lord, what can we bring to a world that's lost and hurting? And I believe the Lord clearly led me to to this passage. And then I began to think, wait, I have preached this before. And I went on a journey to find where I had preached it before. And I found that I had preached it 22 years ago. And then again in 2008, however many years ago that is is uh, uh, 16 years ago or so. And so I thought, well Lord, no wonder you want me to get back to it. Lord, uh, it's been a long time since folks have been stirred up for miracles. 2024, I'm going to do my best to keep you stirred up. In 2024, I'm going to do my best to keep you excited. In 2024, I'm going to do my best to share with you the things that that are burning in me, the things that, that 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 I know God will do, the things that I believe we can stretch for, reach for. Just yesterday, it was meeting with our staff and I encouraged our staff to get a project, get a faith project going. I encouraged them to just even get a dollar, you know, one dollar. Right, Pastor Marcus? We talked about this later. We talked about it at length. You know, if if you don't have something else going, then, then get you a $1 a month or $1 a week faith project. Invest in something that you want to see God doing. Invest in something if it's, you know, uh, I remember one year that, that I wanted to teach my children how to have faith for something, how to be involved in something. And so uh, I, I asked uh, April and Ashley and Brenda, we were at a dinner table. I, I know exactly where we, we were sitting, and I said, listen, let's... Let's, let's do something this year that we've never done before. Let's do something. Let's begin to believe God that we could make a difference. Let's let let let's get passionate about something. And as we talked and discussed, I offered them an opportunity to give a part of their monthly uh, um, 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 uh, what do you allowance, okay? And uh, you know, now I had to make sure that I gave them an allowance. You know, God makes sure that He gives us seed. He makes sure that he gives us bread to eat and seed to sow. That's God's responsibility. My responsibility as a parent was to make sure that I gave them an allowance and enough of an allowance that they could participate in what I was asking them to participate in. If I ask my children to participate financially in something, then as a father, what kind of father would I be to ask them to participate financially and not give them the means to participate financially? And so I told them, listen, if each one of us, just each, each one, four of us, if we would each give $12.50 out of our allowance each month, We can pool that and make $50. And for $50, let's see what God will do through our $50 offering. We're going to pray over it. We're going to, you know, have, have 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 you know, excitement and passion over it, and we're going to watch and see what God will do. And so we all agreed. And and each month they would give each one of them during the month $12.50. Brenda would do it and I would do it from money that we would otherwise have spent on ourselves. Money, you know, uh, David said, I will not give to the Lord that which cost me nothing. So we we wanted to give from money that we would otherwise have enjoyed, otherwise would have had, you know, And, and, and so we did. I sent that money to a friend of mine in Dallas named David Shibley. You all know Dr. David Shibley. We give one of his books out to everyone here who gets born again. You know, Dr. David Shibley is is, is one of the royal ambassadors of the kingdom of God. He is the founder and the the uh, uh, pastor, the the president emeritus of Global Advance. And he teaches frontline shepherds and has taught them for, for decades all over the world. And I knew David at that time had his finger on the pulse of world missions. And so I said, David, would you find a place that is good ground that you can put this $50 into? And would you give me back a report of what this $50 is doing Uh, during the months and i commit to one year me and my family for fifty dollars a month and so uh, we did that and in that 12 months you know what david did david found a man who was called to be a pastor he was called into the ministry but he was working in a factory in romania I'm, I'm 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 almost 100 percent sure it was romania it could have been bulgaria but i think it was romania okay it's been a long time ago okay uh and and i haven't uh, you know rehearsed this so i didn't go back and, and 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 look into it but david shibley and and david if you're listening you can correct me okay you would remember this guy is amazing so so uh he found this guy who was called into the ministry, who wanted to be a pastor, but he was working in a plant in in Romania. And David hired him and agreed with him for one year his salary because David trusted that I was going to do what I had committed to do and indeed we did. And do you know in that one year at the end of that one year David uh, wrote me a report and that one man because he didn't have to go to the factory but because he got to give his heart and his life to ministry he not only started church but he started 12 churches that year in Romania preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and sharing the good news out of just one little thing of let's be passionate, let's get involved, let's do something we haven't done, let's let's let let, let let's involve you know not only uh, you know. Uh, our, our, me but let's involve our children let's involve let's, let's create passion and and get them to giving and you know and 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 to this day you know uh my children still participate in world missions they still give they still do things like this uh you know uh in 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 fact my daughter's sitting back there running media i think for christmas I'm, i may not get this right but one of the christmas presents that her daughter got was uh was um, um sponsoring a church Children, sponsoring a child in Kenya, I believe, and uh, that—that's—that's that's what her—is um, uh, she sixteen? Is I, I think she's sixteen. That, uh, huh? She was sixteen then. That's what she got for Christmas was. A child sponsorship, a World Missions child sponsorship. Let me tell you, that was one of the best investments that that, that God made in our lives is introducing our children at a young age to you can participate. You can be involved. You can make a difference. Let me encourage you, in 2024, consider what you can do. Consider making a faith investment. Uh, God doesn't want your ice cream money. He doesn't want your vacation money. And he certainly does not want your electricity money, okay? Uh, but he has given you seed to sow it may seem small in your hands it may seem a little bit in your hands but do you know that you might be giving more than some uh, groups and organizations give all year if you would just commit to what might seem like a small amount to you even even a, a dollar even five dollars and and it doesn't have to come through the church okay there are there are people doing things all over the world out here okay uh, there uh, there are people wonderful people doing wonderful things they this is extra and above you know we, we we you know we bring our tithes to the lord and we give our offerings i just want to encourage you to find something that that you can put some faith out on find something you can get involved in and uh, uh, that's one th- one area a second thing is make sure each one of you have a storehouse in 2024 get yourself you know uh some type of savings plan a storehouse again even if it's just you know a dollar a pay period why because God says in Deuteronomy 28 one of his blessings is the blessings on your storehouses he will bless your storehouse uh, it, it without regard to how much you put in the fact that you have a storehouse makes a difference you are you are exempting yourself from a blessing if you don't have something that that, that you you are setting aside a storehouse God will bless your storehouse so I want to encourage you you will be amazed at how much God will bless it okay and 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 sometimes he might ask for a little something out of it uh, but 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 that's that's normal we bless God from our income and from our storehouse but God wants to bless your storehouse he wants to bless your income okay so keep him involved in that in 2024 and get passionate about something you know sow your prayers get connected to something get Get connected to something that cannot bless you back. Prayerfully get connected. Encourage. Find someone in 2024, someone that you can take on as a project that you can encourage them. And just become their encourager. You know, you bound to know people. You might run. You might you might have to change people two or three times. But you're bound to find someone that you can encourage in 2024, and and just make them a part of 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 your prayer life and a part of your encouragement. And uh, uh, you know, take them on as a as a faith project. Okay, uh, watch their life change. Watch and see what God will do. You know, because the Father. Uh, the Father will always give you what it takes for you to do what he needs you to do. If he's asking you to do something, he will give you what it takes to do it. He always will. He never points where he will not always provide. He will be a blessing to people through you. He wants to. So therefore, He will bless you with more than enough. More than enough joy, more than enough wisdom, more than enough encouragement. He will bless you so that you can sow. And let me tell you, one of the best things to sow is mercy and kindness because you get to reap mercy and kindness. If you will just sow some mercy, sow some kindness, uh, uh, you will reap, the Bible says, you will reap mercy. You will reap kindness. Kindness. Oh man, I, I could just preach right there. But uh, let me let me uh, start us off on our series, a study of the miraculous. And tonight we're talking about the motivation. Do you know if you want to be a candidate for a miracle, then you need to get motivated. You know, and uh, can you tell that I'm I'm trying to motivate you? I'm trying to motivate you for a miracle. I want to see you uh, in a miracle. I, I want to see you rich. I want to see you wealthy. I want to see. I, I want to motivate you. I want to see you to be a storehouse of kindness and wisdom and encouragement. And I know that I can. I am convinced that I can do this. I will tell you the truth and I'll tell you how to do it. And if you will participate, it will work. That's the truth. That's, you'll, you'll be as excited. I've been following Jesus a lot of years. And look how excited I am about it. I've been preaching a lot of years, you know, uh, and, and look how ex- still excited I am. I'm excited about something I preached 22 years ago. Very excited. A study of the miraculous. We're coming again from, from 2 Kings chapter 4. This is about uh, the prophet Elisha, not Elijah. These two guys, I have no idea why God named both of them such Close names and then put them together. It's hard. Sometimes I get, you know, I get them mixed up whenever I'm preaching about them. So if I happen to say Elijah tonight, and I probably will one time correctly, okay. Uh, just remember, I'm talking about Elisha, the younger guy. If you know the story, if you don't know the story, please read through 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 this book uh, of of of. of uh, 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 First Kings, find out about Elijah and how he brought Elisha. You know, in Second Kings, on and, and uh, you know and 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 anointed him. You know, uh, left an anointing behind for him to do twice, the double portion anointing. So this story uh, 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 it 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 begins in Second Kings chapter four verse one. And it's going to teach us that God demands we participate in our miracles. That's what it's going to teach us. It's going to teach us that God demands you know, that we participate in our miracles. And uh, the motivation to participate. Instead of sitting back. You know, Not everybody that, that is talking about their problem is praying about their problem. Not everybody that's talking about their need is praying about their need. Not everyone that's talking about their situation is praying about their situation. Not everyone who, 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 is, who is handling their situation is believing God for a miracle. Not, 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 not everyone even is imagining that God could do something about their miracle. But given time and given something to work with, we see God doing miracles all throughout the Bible. Given time and given something to work with, this is what God needs from us. He says it over and over throughout the Word of God. Give me some time and give me something to work with. Plant a seed and give me some time. You know, Work with me on this. Participate. Weed and water and cultivate and watch and see what I can do with a seed. Wow. Watch and see what I can do. Well... We begin in 2 Kings chapter 4, reading from the New King James Version, and I'll, I'll chop this verse up a little bit, okay? Uh, but, uh, uh, because we want to talk about some of the elements of this verse. Again, a study of the miraculous. Uh, a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Well, This story begins with the wife of a man who had been a prophet. Now, a prophet was not a Levite. You know, those are ministers. Not someone that was called necessarily into the Levitical ministry. But it was someone who had set aside and dedicated their life. And often went through some training. Went through perhaps a school of the prophets. Went to a school that Elijah had started. Elijah, the previous prophet, started several schools of the prophets. One in Ramah, one in Bethel, one in uh, 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 you know, uh, Jericho area. He, uh, he started these schools and he taught people, people who wanted and were willing to dedicate their lives to serving God And they would eventually stand before kings and beside kings and in communities and they would speak the word of God by the anointing of God on their life and by them understanding in the school of the prophets what a powerful privilege it was to speak for God. Now, these prophets often along with their families, had relegated their lives to a very meager existence. Why? Because it didn't pay very much. And if you did happen to be paid, most likely at some point in your life, you're going to have to tell your employer, thus saith the Lord, you're wrong. And (laughs) that's often the time that the employer stops paying. (laughs) Hello, that's often the time that the king puts you in prison. That's often the time that you find yourself banished to another, you know, to the deserts. We see it over and over and over. You know, from John the Baptist that had his, you know, head cut off to Jeremiah that was put into a pit. To Daniel, who was, you know, uh, cast into the lions, uh, you know, I mean, over and over. This was not necessarily what you might think a glorious ministry. But it was a ministry to which people were called, a ministry to which people committed their lives, and a ministry that we see throughout the Word of God did not pay very well and often put the prophets in personal danger. Okay, It wasn't a priestly office, but these men were compelled to learn the ways and they dedicated their lives to living a holy life and pure life and dedicated themselves to the service of god and uh, we see it all throughout the old testament and so we we understand that this woman's husband had accepted the call of god and uh, uh that they you know perhaps had very little and um uh, perhaps you know she understood the value Of going to the man of God understood the value because as her husband was one of the prophets most likely she had people knocking on her door all times of the day and night as happens people wanting to know what God would have them to do people wanting to know how God felt about something people wanting to 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 feel as though that they uh, that, that, that somebody could give them direction or wisdom or guidance And so, most likely, since her husband had committed his life to the Lord, she had learned to trust the advice of a man who was called by God. And so, that's why we see her going to the prophet Elisha, uh, who was a trusted and true servant of the Lord. And so, in 2 Kings 4, we continue This is what she says to Elijah. She's crying out. She goes to Elisha the prophet and she's crying out to him, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. Wow. Uh, that's 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 a pretty big problem that she has. Now, notice she calls him your servant. So she knows that Elisha knows her husband. And she's informing Elisha that your servant, my husband, he is dead. This was evidently something that had happened suddenly. Something that had happened unexpectedly. That her husband had suddenly and unexpectedly died. And, and, and uh, uh, something that also evidently he was not prepared to do. Not prepared in the sense... That, that he had not prepared for his wife and his family to carry on life after him. Because she's going to be finding herself in a very difficult place. Because her husband, who was the, the, um, you know, the prophet, but also the breadwinner for the family, now there was no more income. And so she has come to the prophet, and she's letting him know, your servant, a prophet, my husband is dead. And we continue in, in, in chapter 4. And you know, you know, you know, my husband, you know that your servant feared God you know he was a good man you know he was honest you know he was a man that served the Lord that feared the Lord you know what kind of man my husband was yes he 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 had not prepared for their future he did not evidently expect to die and he evidently did not have anything ready and and most likely that's because of the choice of his of, of, of his life but it seems reasonable that she is going to the man of god has so many people had come to her husband no doubt and she is asking him for assistance in solving her problem you know that your servant feared the lord wow Uh, now this is where she begins to share her real problem the situation she's in continuing in verse one and the creditor is coming we owed some bills and it's come time for the creditor. Evidently, it had been already, you know, maybe 30 days, <laughs> you know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe the husband, perhaps we can imagine at least that he might have paid his bills up into the point to where he died. And then all of a sudden now, uh, you know, the creditor is on his way. We know the creditor is coming. We have, we, we have passed the point to where more credit will be extended to us the creditor is coming means that that you know the bill is due you know in full the creditor is coming and he's coming this evidently was not the first conversation she had had with the creditor this was evidently not the first time that she had faced the fact that she was unable to pay her bills you know uh this is this is not that my husband died last night and I'm needing your help. This woman evidently has done everything that she can up to now. She has, she has carried the load. No doubt she has tried you know, other avenues. No doubt she has talked. She has conversed. Put yourself into this account and realize that this is probably not the first time that she has faced a problem since her husband passed away. Your servant, my husband, is dead And you know him. He was a man that feared God. And the creditor is coming. And he's coming to take away my two sons. He's coming to enslave them. He's coming to put them into his service. Indentured servanthood. Not only have I lost my husband, but now I'm going to lose my two sons and they're going to have to become slaves and and this this you know uh, this is where it is the uh, the family is in debt so much debt that that the surviving widow and the sons are unable to pay and and uh, even though they have faithfully served the lord they are still subject to the laws of the land you know hello listen to me christians listen to me pastors Listen to wherever you are in all the world, even though you serve the Lord faithfully, fear the Lord, and, and, and do the work of the Lord and committed your life to Him, you are still subject to the laws of the land. And even though this prophet was a prophet, he was still, he and his family, subject to the laws of the land, the laws that govern it. They, 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 they were not excused from having to pay their debts, they were not excused from having to, to uh, uh, do what the law required. You know, even Jesus paid taxes. Even Peter and even the Apostle Paul uh, told us that we need to not only obey the laws of the land, but we need to submit ourselves to the magistrates that are in place. It's important to understand that that, that just because you are born again does not mean you're exempt from doing the things that law requires us to do, the reasonable things. And so, uh, you know, These two sons, regardless of their age, they had to fulfill the contract in those days in that country. The contract that their father had made, the payment, either by satisfying the debt monetarily or by indentured servanthood. Uh, The widow's cry was a cry for freedom for her sons. This is what she was most compelled to cry for. She was, you know, not wanting to lose her sons. She was not asking for you know, him to, to restore her husband. She was not asking, you know, uh, for anything short of the fact that this is my present dilemma. You know, the past perhaps we cannot change, but presently this is what uh, has been caused, and, and here I am uh, in debt and. I, I don't want to face this unbearable loss. Verse 2. So Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Well, that seems, you know, kind of like, Okay, we could take this a lot of ways. You know, one of the reasons I don't really like to communicate in text is because you never hear the voice inflection. You don't know how it was said. We're left here with not really knowing how it was said. I mean, he could have said, well, what do you want me to do about it? Or he could have said, well, what can I do for you? Well, what can I do? Well, what can I do? What can I do? We don't know. But we do know that he was trying to get her into the boat with him. He was trying to give her a cause, so that she could attach herself. You know, he was trying to give himself perhaps even a moment to consider. Maybe he was talking out loud to himself. Well, what can I do? Well, what can I do? You know, well, what, what can I do? You know, we're we're we're, we're uncertain exactly uh, what happened outside of the fact that that when he asked this question. You know, we know that the prophet was not in despair. We know that he was not passing her off or putting her off. And we find later as we read, we find that perhaps he is trying his best to get her to, 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 to open up, to come along, to think for just a moment, to get out of, 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 of the problem and into the answer. Because many times we can rehearse the problem over and over and over and over. And, and, and God is trying to get us to consider an answer. To consider, you know, what could an answer be instead of, you know, tell me more about the problem. Tell me about the problem. Tell me about the problem. Let's go into the problem. Let's massage the problem. Let's keep talking about the problem. Hold on a second. What can we do about this? You know, we always need to move ourselves to a place of action what can I do sometimes the only thing you can do is pray sometimes you know but then you need to pray sometimes the only thing you can do is wait but then you need to wait you need to wait in faith not not in misery and not in fear and not in worry and not in anxiety we we know that Elisha is trying to engage her and to move her off center of her problem because you can get stuck in all that's wrong And he, representing God, she's come to a place for an answer. And she hadn't just come to a place to share a problem. And when we go to God, it's not just to share a problem. Hopefully, it's to be moved from the focus of our problem to the answer from God. Because God will always have an answer. He will never leave. You will never one time go to God and say, God, I need this. And, he, and, and God say, well, I don't know what I'm going to do about it. You will never hear God say, ooh, that's too big for me. You'll never hear God say, oh, gosh, I don't know. Never one time. God will always have an answer. And his answer will always work. We give him time. We give Him something to work with. He demands we participate in our miracles. And we need motivation to actually go to God with our problem instead of sitting and talking about it, sitting and complaining about it. Not everything people talk about do they pray about. Not everything they are worried about do they pray about. They don't take every one of their problems to God. They can take it as far as their head many times, but they don't always take it to God. If you find yourself worrying or complaining or gossiping, why not turn that to a place of prayer? And God will do his best to move you off of your focus on the problem to beginning to hear what you can do about it. He asked her a fair question. And uh, for the sake of time this evening, um, let me me stop right here in the middle of verse 2, and we can pick up in verse 2 next week. And let me offer you, Uh, um, uh, three things that we're going to think about as we are stepping into this series one of the things is that we are going to uh, encourage ourselves and let me uh, you know tell you encourage yourself to depend on God and to seek his counsel okay encourage yourself to do so you know David encouraged himself in the Lord just talk to yourself tell yourself you need to pray about that when you wake up worrying, when you go to sleep worrying, you need to pray about that. You need to depend on God. You need to seek his counsel. God, what should I do? What could I do? What should I do? What can I do, Lord, about this? And, and, and number two, uh, offer what you have to the Lord for his divine touch. That's where we're going to be going in, 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 in verse two. Okay, She's not going to think very much of something, but God's going to think God doesn't need what she's going to give, that little oil. She needs to participate. God wants to touch something in her life. And what she will have, we will find out, is oil in her house. You have oil in your house. It's called the Holy Spirit. That's the representation. We need to think quite a lot. We need to think more of what God has given us a little of or what we may only have a little of. Sometimes we had more. As she probably did in that little oil uh, jar, but there was only a little in it now. Sometimes we can wake up in the middle of a problem and and only have a little bit of of the Holy Spirit, a little bit of the joy, a little of the patience, a little of the peace. But when we can offer even a little that we have, and uh, uh, for His divine touch, it, things begin to work. And 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 the third thing we'll talk about as we continue in this series is obediently following the prescribed course of action uh, required for god's intervention okay we'll we'll talk more about these things in this series let me encourage you join us again next wednesday evening okay seven fourteen for part two and uh we we're going to to take this apart the nomenclature you know the uh, uh, uh